Welcome to Women Under the Sun on the Business Radio X Network, where you'll meet extraordinary women with incredible stories in both life and business. And now, Kim Adair and Mark Bishop. And away we go for another Women Under the Sun. Yours truly, along with Kim Adair and our very special guest all over there in New York, Dorothy Bishop. She trained at the Yale School of Music in Opera. She immediately moved to New York City and later joined the first Broadway national tour of Terence McNally's Tony Award-winning Playing Masterclass, starring Faye Dunaway. Welcome, Dorothy Bishop and Kim Adair. How you doing? Thank you. Hi, Dorothy. Hi, Mark. <laughs> nice to talk to you. So, Dorothy, let's ask you, was opera going to be the be-all and end-all for you? Uh, in the beginning, yes. <laughs> Um, when I got out of Yale, my my uh, my goal was to uh, you know definitely sing at Lincoln Center, and I wanted to go to Europe, and uh, I did some you know really cool stuff, and um, I used to get called back for City Opera. This is back when City Opera was still at Lincoln Center. Uh, I used to get called back, but I never got cast. Um, and finally, I just um, I did work regionally as an opera singer, and I did uh, a lot of tours, and um, I performed a lot, but it just wasn't quite enough to justify. All, it takes so much time and money to be an opera singer, and mm. all my all my money was going to training and coaching and getting ready for the next role, and um, I just wasn't seeing enough of a reward, <laughs> enough of a payback, and I was frustrated, and I could always do other things, so. Eventually, I left it, but but I had some great great times being an opera singer. I really mm. did. Well, you uh, made your Carnegie Hall main sta- uh, your main stage debut with the New York Pops singing Mimi. I and did the famous Love Oem du- duet from Act One. So, what was yeah, it was- like? I mean, I just I'm sitting here kind of in chills. What was it like? You know, performing at Carnegie Hall. Oh my God, it was. It was amazing. I kept having to pinch myself, and um, it was uh, it was just amazing. And my picture was up on the you know, on the marquee outside Ooh. as part of the concert. And I I would just walk by it constantly. Um, and then my parents, I I didn't know that it was going to be that big of a deal. And then I saw my picture and um, the announcements, and then I was like, Mom and Dad, I think you should come up here. This is going to be a pretty big deal. And mm-hmm. uh, they came up. And my brother came up, and then they gave us a limo. It was so great. Ooh. Limo after, and you know, hanging out backstage, and um, just that that stage is surreal, and the mm-hmm. the sound is just beautiful, and yeah. um, the view is of course beautiful, and we were sold out. It was just, it was surreal. Oh, it was really how, great. how unbelievable! And for your parents, because I know you're. Um, I've seen uh, clips of you. Well. Uh, when when you were with your parents recently, so your your parents have always supported your your music endeavors, and and um, your father plays beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, my dad plays piano. My mother my mother left this world about seven years ago, but mm-hmm. um, she was extremely supportive, and um, and my dad still plays. He has a beautiful grand piano in his house in Florida, and uh, you know every now and then. He still plays, and uh, yeah, my my parents were wonderfully supportive, and it was great. They used to come up to New York anytime I did something up here. Wow, that's nice. Well, you're a clever little thing, Dorothy. You invented your own spectacular pop opera show. 
right? And, and you toured as a featured guest entertainer on the luxury cruise liners for, what, 10 years? That must have been a yeah, hoot. Yeah, that was, that was my next career because I, I just thought if I can't make it in opera, I, I had, when I was younger, I had sung in an opera trio for a summer on a, um, a ship that went around Alaska. And um, I don't even know if we got paid. We didn't get paid much. It was just kind of one of those things where they were like, you know, come do this. We're going to see if it's going to work out. <laughs> and, um, you know, you'll get a free vacation all summer. And we were like, yeah, okay. And when I was on that ship, I saw the guest entertainers. And I thought, if I don't make it in opera, this is something I could do. And they were all working, you know, full time at this. Mm. And um, I was like, this is what I want to do to try to, you know, to be a full time entertainer. I'm just going to make up my own show. And and go on ships and it took it took a lot to get on them it's pretty pretty hard to break into that because of course everybody wants mm. to do it um not everybody but you know if you know it's a really nice career and not a lot of people know about it um i think more so now they do but um yeah it was it was great and so i the first ship i i got hired on is when everything went wrong the sound was out we had a horrible storm Oh, um, at one point I had to, I had to take my shoes off. Um, <gasps> you know, it was just it was really rough. But the cruise director was like, if she can make it through this, you know, she can make it through anything. So I didn't get fired. <laughs> and, um, That's, That's amazing. Well, um, I, I saw. The oh, world. go ahead. Keep keep going. I was just saying, I saw I saw the world. I saw the whole world, really. At least the ports and a lot of you know the continents. Mm hmm. Did you get hit on a lot by the men? Yes. <laughs> That's going to be my next book. <laughs> I want to hear a couple of little stories over a little cocktail. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, captains. Captains for the word. Oh, oh well, yeah. I married one of those once, a different kind of captain, but uh, that's... <laughs> That I really want to hear about sometime. I can actually visualize you with your, you know, your wraps and, you know, your your flamboyant way and them just getting so excited about you. So, yeah, uh, it was tricky. I bet. Yeah, I, I mean, that'll be a fun cocktail hour. We have to get the girls on that with Zoom. But, um, you know, when I first, well, we've been friends, uh, social media friends for a really long time. And I was so enamored with your your videos where you were pro, pro, uh, uh, you became Sarah Palin lookalike and, but your voice is, you can do anything with your voice is absolutely really amazing. But Thanks. I, I still, um, I'm going to say this, it's, it's my show. I, I still pee my pants when I watch that. Cause it was, <laughs> it was, it's just hilarious. So um, when did, when did that start the whole Paris, uh, the Sarah Palin deal? Well, it was, it was actually during a really the height of my cruise career that this all happened it's kind of like everything happened at once and I also broke into this really huge um gay club in New York that's no longer here called Splash they used to have a huge stage and ah. would let you do productions and so I did my pop opera show there I I made it more poppy and fun and funny um mm -hmm. but I was doing that and someone saw me and said, she looks like Sarah Palin because I was in a rehearsal and I used to wear my hair up in the bun on top of my head and have my glasses on. And mm. um, my director said, she does look like Sarah Palin. And then I was like, who's Sarah Palin? Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> she's the new, well, she'd just been nominated and I'd never heard of her. And, and so I just started watching her. And then, of course, she blew up. And I don't think I really 
started doing her until a year later when she was just becoming, you know, so in the media. And then mm-hmm. uh, by 2010, I was uh, being hired by uh, agencies to do her for corporate and comedy. And then I did her in New York all the time at the clubs because I was already at Splash. And then once the gays knew I could do her, I got on all the red carpets with like oh, the, that um, awesome. the housewives, like the housewives of New York and all that stuff. I would be on the red carpet. It was really funny. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, it, was and, e- it was easy for me. It was so easy. I wish everything was that easy. <laughs> well, and you, you do, you look just like her. I think we should have a look like contest uh like <laughs> that would be a cool zoom thing just you know we try not to be political on our show but that's just too funny that that whole deal that you've done for and you really you did milk it huh i mean you really yeah, did you get know, she was some a, good coverage she, for it she wasn't as polarizing uh when i did her i kind of was you know depending on my audience if i knew they were left i could play it more left if i knew they were right you know i'd play it more right but she wasn't as polarizing as like donald trump it was she was very, uh, everybody thought she was fun. Everyone thought she was funny. Then when she was doing goofing up all the time, you know, that was just so easy to make fun of her. Um, and, uh, and even people who liked her, they would laugh at her, you know, cause she was mm-hmm. goofy. Right. So. Well, and then you were cast in the smash off Broadway. I love off Broadway. You know, I lived in New York uh, city in the early eighties. Um, but you were in the off Broadway <laughs> hit Hamilton for two years. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, you impersonated the great Broadway divas, leading you now to your own comedy impersonator show called The Dozen Divas Show, um, which runs monthly in New York City at the fabulous and famous Triad Theater. And I did love your show. And it was so, you know, I mean, with all the stuff going on with um, COVID to, to do things online, uh, to do virtual um, it, it really was actually my first virtual gig uh, to, to come into and watch. And it was really great. It was Thank so you. fun. I felt like I was right there. So Thank you. Yeah. So how was that going and how is it going now through this last year? Hard for all of us. We still kind of stick to saying that. But um, it sounds like we're kind of coming out of that a little bit. But ha- how's it going right now? Um. Well, I mean, it's not, but right. <laughs> it was it was great to be back on stage. I did do two virtual shows. Um, uh, one was a holiday show in December, and then I just did the one last month. And uh, it felt great to be back on stage, but I just missed the audience so much. And it's very difficult to do comedy without a live yeah. audience. And mm-hmm. I did have like my five people out, like my my hair make hair and makeup person, and you know a, a few friends, but. Um, it was, I mean, I was grateful and I, you know, I had people tune in. I had people see me who had never seen my show, um, but it's just not the same. And, uh, I'm, I'm hoping, I mean, we've just gotten 30% now allowed in restaurants, but they still mm-hmm. haven't opened, uh, off Broadway. And I'm not sure if it will open. Yeah. It's heard Broadway. All right. I bet you can't wait. The whole industry just can't wait, wait till this darn thing's <laughs> over and, things can get back to, to normal a little, you know, for the arts and theatre. And there's so many people involved in the industry and the flow on to theatres and clubs afterwards. And But i got to tell you, Dorothy, I've just come out of COVID and I, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. You know, it, it's, it can be... Everybody's different, but, gee, both my wife and I went down with it for a month and, um, you know, I'm, I'm back on deck sort of thing. But, you know, you're in New York on the phone and... Kim's in Tucson on the phone. I'm in the studio on my own. 
And, you know, it's not the same when people aren't around you, around the table. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, right. So look for that. Listen, who was your very first impersonation? Can when you... I was a kid, mm-hmm. I used to do Barbara Streisand. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that wouldn't be easy, would it? No, and I would just, we would laugh. Well, we were kids, and she was, you know, I guess she was probably in her 20s. Um, she was just like such a huge star. Yeah. And um, I think I would sing people, people, and I would do the lip tremble, <laughs> you know, and um, her gestures. <laughs> and my friends just thought it was so funny. They just made me do it over and over. I believe um, you do. And Lee. then it was after. Go on. Sorry. Oh, after that, it was share, you know, and then everybody can do. Everybody's got share. And yeah. <laughs> What about Liza Minnelli, Barbara Streisand? We talked about that. Bernadette Peters. Yeah, Bernadette, uh, I don't yep. do in my current show, but I did. I did her in Hamilton, so I had to learn how to do her for sure. And um, one of my favorites, fun. Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's my favorite. Uh-huh. She's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, one of my non-favorites, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> what'd you do? What, what'd you do with her? I, Just stand there and lie? Did you? <laughs> I, I didn't do Hillary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I did do her in my show a couple times. Oh, and this is a good story. All right. And my comedy partner, who sometimes guests in my show, Charles Osborne, he's fabulous. He left New York for a while, but he's coming back. Um, and we decided to be political, and he would do Bernie. He's a really funny Bernie. And But we got tourists in the show, and I got in the habit of thinking it was just going to be my friends and New Yorkers who were mostly left. Um, and if they're not, they'll laugh. And we got some people that didn't think it was funny and they started yelling at us and going, we thought this was a comedy show. Why are you doing politics? <laughs> and they got up and walked out. So I learned my lesson. I was like, okay, can't mix. Um, right. And so I don't do anything political. I'm trying to think if I've done anything even mildly political. Yeah, people are fed up with um, political anyway. Now, listen, what about your love for Shirley Bassey? Oh, my God. I love her so much. I wish Americans, I wish more Americans knew about her, but I do think... Um, Goldfinger, which everybody recognizes. Oh, so yeah, that, that was great. To, to hook them in. But um, she's just one of my, I just love her. She's just the ultimate diva. And with the feathers and the, the boas, mm-hmm. and just, you know, she's just so. Um, well, let me, let me give diva. you, let me give you a lovely intro then. And, and, and you give us a little sample of Shirley. Would you do that? Oh, no, I don't want to sing right now. Yeah, come on. <laughs> come on, ladies and gentlemen. I the one and out. only Dorothy Bishop, you know? Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, the finger. But I'm not warmed up. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's amazing. All right, Kim. Well, um, so, so t- you know, I'm... Uh, Faye Dunaway, she's a character, I mean, in a sense, I mean, with her personal life and how people feel about her, don't feel about her. But what what was it like touring with Faye Dunaway? Um, I guess it's been seven years since I signed the release agreement. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, she's, um, well, first of all, she was amazing in the role of Maria Callas. Uh, she was amazing. Um, but she was uh, a very old Hollywood and she kept to herself and uh she does have that temper. Uh mm. Joan Crawford is not that far from her natural <laughs> personality. Um and uh it was sometimes very difficult because uh 
she was difficult and and she did fire people right and left in the cast oh wow the cast. Mm. the cast we were all okay she didn't really yell at us but the crew and hair and makeup and you know uh, her cook i mean those people would be fired constantly oh, oh wow and, um, things, yeah. yeah the production company would constantly have to find new people to step in and that was really tough because we were a small cast and we would get close you know mm-hmm. and then that person would be gone and uh it's tough to be on the road anyway uh, so I would say um, she was amazing in the role. I respect her immensely as an actress. She's a beautiful woman. Um, this was 1997. She was stunning, just okay. stunning. Right. And she took she took us to see the Rolling Stones in Nashville. Oh Tennessee wow! In a, in a limo and called Mick and said, "Mick, can you hold the curtain, darling? We're running late." <laughs> oh well. <laughs> we were. Oh well. We were either up front or right on the side. I was right on the side. You know, amazing seats. Oh well. Wow. So, oh my gosh. So, you're saying that you were you you were you were pretty okay with working with her and felt like you're you guys were protected. But how, I mean, uh, let me ask: How long were you on the road with her? Uh, fourteen months. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, um, that's that's a that's a long time. It's a long time, but it was a Broadway production contract, which at the time paid really, really well. Um, it's a lot of the rules have changed since, but at the time it paid really, really well. So I made money and, and mm-hmm. you know, that was good as an artist in New York with all the ups and downs of the business to have a solid, you know, <clears throat> year and change working um, for decent money. That was, that part was great. And that's what I had to keep reminding myself of when I was like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> and uh, we were treated really well as far as, you know, hotels and, transportation and you know we were protected as you said and the shows were great i was proud to be in the show mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so tell tell a little bit about the show tell, tell, it was um who else was anybody else famous in the show no it was um uh, a true kind of true story about maria callis doing uh her master classes at juilliard okay and then uh terrence wrote in the three students so there's like um nerdy girl who really is clueless who just gets kind of torn up by Callis. Mm-hmm. And then there's the handsome tenor um, who is very cocky and confident and um, they actually have a little moment on stage uh, while he sings Tosca. And then there's the young diva, which is where I was the understudy for that role. And there's the young diva who thinks she's everything and Callis just rips her apart. And then in the end, the big ending, not to give away too much, but uh, the diva tells her off and storms off stage um, and has this kind of painful monologue where she calls out maybe something that's true about Maria. And um, in between, Maria has flashbacks of her life, and they play this beautiful operatic score of various famous operas that she sang. Um, and she talks a lot about Ari, um, Aristotle Anassis, who, of course, she had an affair with. And um, it's a gorgeous, it's a gorgeous play. It's just beautiful. And, they, you know, they do it a lot. You'll see it. You'll see it produced around the country still, but Maria is generally a name. So, and then the kids don't really, the students don't really have to be famous. Wow, that's amazing. So, um, so what what did you do directly after that? Uh, I was I was still um, full time going for an opera career. So, um, when I came back, I got my actor's equity card, which was great because I could audition for Broadway. Um, which before I couldn't. Uh, so I would audition for anything that was kind of legit operatic. Um, 
I think audition for like um, Carousel and Showboat and uh, Phantom. I would get called in a lot for Carlotta. Um, oh wow! Uh, and then I was doing regional regional opera, so I was touring. I, I did a uh, Lucia a lot, and I did Fiordaligi and Cozy Fanfute a lot. Um, but they were out of town companies, and we used to call them B BYOW, Bring Your Own Wig. <laughs> <laughs> because the wigs and costumes could be so horrible and a lot of times you had to do uh what's called a homestay where you stay with the sponsors mm -hmm. and sometimes you luck out and sometimes you don't and sometimes they keep their thermostat at 50 degrees at night and you're a singer and you can't do it you know there's nothing you can do i'm just like i need a hotel <laughs> oh wow put me in the quality and i don't care <laughs> oh, that's amazing. What do you think about that, Mark? Well, she's a you know talented lady. She's performed, uh, for those that may have just joined us, listening to Women Under the Sun. We've got our special guest, Dorothy Bishop. Part classy, part camp. Her repertoire is uh, part classical, part contemporary. Uh, her act is all-star powered charisma. And you cannot take her eyes off, uh, off her as she's performing. Uh, a lot of accolades from different critics. The effect is mesmerizing and a delight for all theatrical musical senses. And uh, we're going to talk about the Dozen Diva show because this is what she created. Sat down, wrote the whole thing, put it together. And, you know, apparently it's very clever. It's called the Dozen Diva show. So I guess having a say in control over your career and destiny uh, it was about time. Dorothy, I mean, you love coaching and teaching. How long have you been, you know, training and put the whole, I mean, your whole life's been in this career, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, for opera, I mean, you really just never stop training. You never stop. So, um, I mean, at least 10 years longer. And then I, when I was auditioning, I would still train. I always had a teacher here. I always had a coach. Like I said, it was very expensive. I mean, voice teachers in New York uh, for classical singers are extremely pricey. Um, mm -hmm. Back then, $150 an hour. Who knows now? Mm -hmm. And then coaches were anywhere from 50 to 100 an hour. So um, I was working a full-time job as a legal secretary to pay for all my coaching uh -huh. in between, right. in between uh, gigs. And I did that for a long time. And sometimes I would actually have, you know, uh, months of gigs in a row, which was so great. But then all of a sudden, I'd have to go back to being a, a secretary. And I had a great law firm that I worked for, God bless them, who would let me come and go. Yeah, um, that's a good but, thing. Yeah, it was a great gig, and and uh, I got along with them very well, and that that was a blessing. So, yeah, so what's happened, Dorothy, now with COVID? What's happened with you know renowned New York venues? I mean, Carnegie Hill is one thing, but the other famous off-Broadway, you know, Joe's Pub, Zipper Theatre, uh, Town Hall, performing off-Broadway is a big deal in its normal times. They're all closed? Yeah. What a shame. Okay. And you did well, too, as a television finalist uh, on the fourth season of America's Got Talent, didn't you? I don't know if I did well, but I got on it. <laughs> Come on. Don't be bashful. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It wasn't as good as performing on ships, off. though, was it? <laughs> Did you see anybody yeah. thrown overboard when you're on ships? <laughs> um, no. No. But I saw a lot of people drunk. Yeah, dangerous. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, one a cruise goes missing now. You know, I love cruising. I met my wife on a cruise. Yeah, oh, yeah. No driving, yeah. no nothing. You can just, you know, do you, I love it. I think it's great. Okay, what about really um, who's your favorite diva? I mean, um, 
the one that touches my heart the most, and it's just because of when I when I was born and when I lived, and uh, I used to sing in a rock and roll band, and I would sing her when I was in high school, um, is Stevie Nicks, because, um, and I know she's your least favorite, and she's not vocally the most challenging, um, she's not vocally the widest range, but um, I, I love her life story, I love what she survived, I love her look, her classic look, there's just no one like her. There's no one that sounds like her. Um, and I, she's a poetess. She's written so, so much beautiful poetry. And um, hmm. I just find her very classic and timeless. Uh, and um, she just, when I sing her, I feel like it's a privilege to get to sing her on my show. Now, uh, you've also done Linda Ronstadt, big favorite here is from Tucson. Uh, and one of yeah. one of your early influences was Nancy Wilson from uh, from the band Heart. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done her yet, but I do work. I have worked on her during uh, quarantine, and I think I might have the nerve to do her. The issue is that my show is a comedy show, so I have to find something that's funny. Um, so I have to figure that out. I have a friend that looks just like the sister. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, Ann Wilson, not Nancy Wilson, but Ann. I I sing Ann, uh, but I have a friend that looks like Nancy. Um, I think you're thinking of Nancy Wilson, the jazz singer, possibly. Yeah, that could be the one. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that could oh, be the one. I might have made that mistake, but um, yeah, that'd be right. Uh, <laughs> Ann and Nan- Ann and Nancy are a rock and roll sister group from Seattle. That were um, that still are out there, but were huge in the '80s and '90s. Right. So. Um, Nancy, well, I, I also love, uh, but she's not she's not in my show. I, I mean, I just love her music, but um, I want you to keep practicing totally because <laughs> I want you to keep practicing because the boys that started the band, the Fisher Brothers, and yes. the Barracuda Man, um, mm-hmm. are on my radar, and um, possibly I am able to get them here. So, wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be amazing? to have them here to promote some of the things that we do with women in the sun, um, have you come out and do you think, I think the guys would love it. So, and I could probably get a cheat sheet for you from them as well. Yeah, that would be, that would be amazing and a little bit of pressure, but you know, (laughs) yeah, the guy, these guys are so late, you know, they're all from Washington state. They're also late. I know the girls became a lot more famous than the boys. And I think the boys, don't love that, but um, but they're they're such kind, great guys, and I think they get a total kick out of out of doing something like that with us, especially if it was for a charity event. So we'll work on that. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll complain. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, tell us, do you have any new divas coming? I just put in two new divas. I think I lost my mind doing it because it was very stressful. I usually, when I put in a new diva, there's a couple of small theaters in Florida near my hometown that love my show and will book it and it's low pressure and I'll run new divas. Um, as a matter of fact, last year I put in Charo, um, oh. which I would, I would have put her in the show, but you have to have a live audience because I have to coochie coo somebody and there's nobody <laughs> out there. <laughs> um, so I just added Bette Midler and Celine Dion and now there's that a, singer. Was a lot of pressure. People have been bugging me to do those two for so long. And um, it was stressful just because it was a broadcast and I'd never done them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that was very stressful. But they're definitely staying in the show, and um, I look forward to a time when I can really run run both of those girls and get them under my those ladies and get them more under my belt. Celine was an absolute blast. Oh my god, she was, and she's been one I've been really wanting to do. And she's, I just, she's so fun and funny, and I'm intimidated by her voice, but I figured mm-hmm. out a way to do her. So, <laughs> Mark, are you a fan of uh, of of that diva? Uh, Celine Alone. Yeah, I want to ask you, Dorothy, do you, when you, you know, take somebody off a style like that, is it only singing or can you actually do like a voiceover? Um, that's a good question. I do speak as the divas. Some are easier than others. Right. Um, because if you're any good at all, gee, it might give you some work, eh? You, could, you could pretend to be all these superstars. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um yeah, some are easier to speak as as you know to to um, copy their speech than than others because they have such unique yeah you know like Barbara don't you know Barbara I mean she's got the Brooklyn accent and she talks like this and uh, <laughs> she's you know she's pretty pretty straightforward but someone like Stevie is a little harder yeah and she just mm. talks really low. <laughs> mm. Well, this whole, you know, we got this whole new TikTok thing, which I'm going to stay away from, but I do enjoy it. And I see that you are getting a little involved with TikTok. So did you, <laughs> do you have a new, uh, I have to, I watch everything you do. I mean, I, if I, you know, people think that, you know, we all sit on uh, social media all day long and that's not true. I do a little bit in the morning. I close out the evening with a little bit, and you're definitely one of my favorites to catch up with and watch everything you do. So I'm total fan. But what is this TikTok thing like, and what's your newest TikTok character? That's going. Are the are you got anything going on viral? Um, well, I I started my own TikTok channel uh, just as me, and I would do some of my impersonations. Um, and I got really frustrated with that. I couldn't figure it out. I felt like I'm too old. And um, and then out of boredom during quarantine, I started watching it, and I was like, there were so many because my friends were like, uh, you should you should do voice lessons. You know, give voice, talk about your career and singing. And because there's so many kids who are looking for teachers, and I noticed mm. that that TikTok was getting completely flooded with um, teachers and a lot of kids <laughs> teaching. Um, and I saw a lot of uh, amazing, use, useful stuff. And I actually learned a lot myself just watching. But I also saw some really funny stuff. And I saw some really fraudulent, bad teachers. And um, <laughs> and just, I don't want to name names or anything, but just some really ridiculous stuff. And I thought, this is a really funny character, is a voice teacher who's really terrible. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and thinks she's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've seen, I've seen it. I love it. I think it's something you could do forever. Well, she's, um, she's got over three thousand followers, uh, and I, I'm aiming for a lot more. I don't do it as much. I mean, you're supposed to do TikTok three times a day. I'm just, who has time? I'm oh, trying, geez. but um, yeah, I'm trying to. to release material as quickly as I can but um but I'm happy you know 3,000 followers they're all kids it's so funny they're they're kids and Mm -hmm. um some you know some classical people uh you know people who are in the business and singers and professional singers but it's a lot of kids who are like you know 16 17 18 and I got a note from one of them and she said I was having a really bad night her name is Karen virtual vocal coach my character and she said I'm 
I was having a really, really bad night, and I was very sad, and your videos make me laugh. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I was like, <gasps> I was like, oh, that's all I need to hear. Mm -hmm. I'm making, you know, people feel good, and this little kid feel good and laugh. And That's, so. that's cool. I, uh, hey, Mark, are you familiar with TikTok? Yeah, yeah, I don't. Um... I, I, you know, I see all these crazy things they do on it and everything. I'm full bore handling everything else with social media, you know, trying to keep up with that. And then there's this new thing on the weekend I got on for millions of people who are frustrated podcasters or broadcasters. Or, and with COVID, someone to talk to, it's called Clubhouse. Are you on that thing yet? Uh, what is it? Clubhouse. Clubhouse? Yeah. I don't know that. You use your I, phone. I it's all about Yeah, it's all about your phone. And uh, you join this, you get the app, you download the app, and next minute you can go to any room you want, any discussion. Some have got thousands of followers already. Some have got a couple. Uh, but it's a, you know, it's a communications thing. You get in up in Bill Gates' room and talk with him, or you can be uh, talking with a superstar, or you can be just talking with generic people. Lots of help, lots of, yeah, it's called Clubhouse. You've got to be invited. So someone would invite you, email you and invite you. And um, that took my Sunday, figuring out how to learn that thing. <laughs> I don't know. There's too much stuff out there. Listen, Dorothy, if somebody wanted to look at your work now, somebody wanted to, you know, follow you a little bit, um, you've got a URL website, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot on YouTube. I think there's probably more on YouTube um, of all the different things. So what's the address? Um, it's, it's just Dorothy Bishop. On YouTube. Okay, so youtube.youtube.com slash C slash Dorothy Bishop or just slash Dorothy Bishop? Uh, I think just Dorothy Bishop. All right, okay. I got C here in front of me you as well. You just put in Dorothy Bishop. Well, I know, Facebook, Facebook.com has got the slash the Dozen Divas show. Is that right? Facebook on Dozen Divas show, correct. Okay. All right. So, Kim, in closing, is there anything you'd like to share? Oh, just that um, we just want to get the word out about Dorothy. We're gonna we're gonna do a Zoom call with some prizes and some even some East Coast prizes. By the way, Dorothy, I think I mentioned that. I've I've got a little clout with some people there, some girls, some ladies that have products, and so we'll continue this. I'd love to have Dorothy on down the road when things get a rocking and rolling in our world again. Um, and then definitely want to bring Dorothy out. Um, I love to invite Dorothy out to my, one of my, um, charity fundraising for cancer and she, you can vamp all you want. You're going to mm -hmm. love Tucson, <laughs> love Tucson. I've never, I don't think I've ever been to Tucson. I'm pretty sure I haven't. Well, I um, promise, I promise when we bring you out here, not to bring you out in the dead of the heat. Yeah, you don't come out. You don't come out in summertime. You come out. You know, you've got nine months of the right. year. You could come on out. Yeah, but so it'd be nice it's to meet you. Florida, and that's on the Florida. Ah, oh, no, we don't have the we don't have the size of the bugs or everything else Florida's got. Yeah, <laughs> right. we don't have humidity. But, uh, either. We'll we'll have a lot. Of, we'll we'll plan. I'm gonna start planning <laughs> now. So a year from now, when people can all be together, um, you will be totally loved here. You are perfect for Tucson venues, mm -hmm. and and we're. We're, uh, we got some great gals uh, that can put something uh, together. I'm, I'm not the best coordinator, but I got people. So looking forward to that. And I yeah. 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 It'd be nice to meet so you, that's Dorothy. All I got to say about it. I'm so grateful that you, uh, I was so excited about um, having you as one of my special guests on, on Women of the Sun Show. 
My pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you guys so much. You're most welcome. It was nice uh, meeting you uh, via the phone, Dorothy, and I look forward to the day nice that I can. Too, and I'm glad you're. I'm glad you recovered. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate that. All glad right. You're okay. All right. Thank All you, right. Kim. Good job. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Mark. You're listening. That's Thanks, was, Dorothy. Uh, we'll see you soon. Another Woods, another Women Under the Sun with your host, Kim Adair, on Tucson Business Radio X. The show stays uh, there permanently. You can listen to the podcast over and over. Plus, it also goes out to a lot of the popular, the major popular uh, podcast platforms like Apple and Spotify and uh, and, and Google and so on and, and Stitcher and Spreaker. They're all there. So enjoy the show. And there'll be more coming along uh, with Kim Adair. And uh, hopefully, maybe in a couple more shows, she might just fly it alone. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> hey, Kim, you just never know. you got to take that jump. <laughs> hey, I, I can I can probably do it soon, but I love my mark because mm. you just have this incredible voice. Yeah, and you'll I be right. let that go you'll be too right. soon. So All right, my friend. Me a little bit. You, you take care. Look up. Okay, we'll talk you. to you soon. All right. Goodbye now. Bye. Join us again, won't you, on the Business Radio X Network for another inspiring Women Under the Sun.